this is God's word. Come on, say it with conviction. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. Because it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you that your word is incorruptible. Your word is the foundation of our lives. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but your word is going to remain. So Lord, we're we're looking forward to hearing something that is solid. Something, Father, that cannot be changed. Something that has power in it to change our circumstances. And so, Lord, as we hear your word, I decrease now. So the anointing of God that's already in this place will rise up to feed every person in this room and who's listening via podcast. And I pray today that our hearts will be changed, our minds will be renewed, and our lives will never, ever be the same. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to do like I've been doing for the last four weeks. I want to start my lesson out with a testimony. It says, blessings, Pastor Eben. First and foremost, I want to say I am all in. Look at your neighbor and say, are you all in? I've been a level one tither for years and have seen God's blessings time and time again. I experienced the most recent blessing a couple of weeks ago. But before sharing the blessing, allow me to interject that at the beginning of the year when you declared 2014 as a year of great expectations, I knew I needed to raise my level of financial commitment. With that being said, I vowed to double my offering. As soon as I made that vow, my work hours decreased. And they put in parentheses, isn't that just like the enemy? Now the doubled almost isn't much, but with my husband not working, this can be challenging. Needless to say, I realized I still needed to be committed to the vow. So on February 15th, I traveled to Corpus Cove, Texas to visit my my dad. That Thursday prior was a payday for me. So I wrote my check for my tithe and offering that Thursday morning like I always do. And then I paid the bills. I fully knew there would not be enough to last until the next payday. But I believed God. Well, while at my dad's, he called me into his office and handed me a check and said, Happy birthday. 
Now, my birthday, it wasn't until March 20th, and this was February the 15th. Well, I just put the check in my pocket, thanked my dad, kissed him, and hugged him. When I got home a few hours later, I looked at the check, and it was $1,000. What you have to understand about this is my dad, and they put these all in caps, does not give money to his adult children. But God, his blessings will come through the most unlikely sources and always at the right time. I would encourage everyone who is not a level one tither to start now and watch God work on your behalf. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap for that? Amen. For the past four weeks, we have been in a series called I'm All In. Look at your other neighbor and say, are you all in? And the primary focus was on understanding what it means to tithe and what are the benefits that God has promised us when we do tithe. Well, today I'm starting the second half of our series, I'm All In. And this second half is going to be dealing with offering. And the purpose of the teaching on offering is for everyone to understand what an offering is, what is its purpose, why God wants us to give offering, and what blessings come along with it. Now, let me interject that our tithing has gone from 30% to 80%. Yes, give yourselves a big hand clap. So if you're taking notes today, our lesson title is, What's the Purpose of Offering? What's the Purpose of Offering? Many times in church, we're told what to do, but we're not taught why we need to do it. And so my, my goal in this whole lesson on offering It's to help us understand the biblical reason why God wants us to give offerings. So if you have your Bibles, find Malachi chapter 3, verses 6, and then go to Exodus chapter 35, verses 4. That was Malachi chapter 3, verses 6, and then Exodus chapter 35, verses 4. Now we've been in Malachi chapter 3 quite a bit, but... I'm starting at Malachi because it addresses offering in here when most people overlook it. In Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to start in verse 6. Now, today, on purpose, I'm reading out of the King James Version, and I'll show you why. It says, For I am the Lord, and I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your father, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed you? Read it with me. In tithes and what? Offerings. Verse 9. You are cursed with the curse for you have robbed me even this whole nation. Now he goes on to say in verse 10. Bring you how much? 
all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. And it goes on to say, And prove me now herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Now, I want to just highlight something. If you have a King James Bible, anytime you see words in italics, that just means the translators, when they translated the Bible from its original language over into the English language, sometimes they would add words to try to make the, the, the verse make sense. Uh, because sometimes there's a difficulty in choosing an English word that actually matches the Hebrew or the uh, uh, Aramaic or whatever language that was being spoken. Now, if you notice in verse 10, he says, If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that, and now I want you to see this, the word there shall and be room is in italics. There shall be room and also the word to receive it is all in italics. So if we were to read that verse without what they added, verse 10 would sound like this. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now, herewith says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that not enough. He said that not enough. And then the next word connects what he's saying not enough to the sentence. He's saying, that's not enough. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Now, I asked the Lord a question. I'm just letting you in on how I study. I asked the Lord a question. He said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. But previous to that, he said, you robbed me in tithe and offering. I said, why didn't you say bring all the tithe and offering into the storehouse? That, 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 that's a valid question, isn't it? Well, if he'd have said that, all the other ministries that are not churches, we couldn't give offering to. Because if it said bring all the tithe and all of the offering to the storehouse, you'd have to give all of your offering into the storehouse. So that means places like people like Joyce Meyer, Kenneth Copeland, you know, just extended ministries and all other places... All means all, but he left that out, and I'm glad he did because I'm going to show you something. Watch this now. In verse 12, it goes on to say, And all the nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord. Notice now, let's focus on verses 8. Let's look at uh, verses 8. He says, Will a man rob God? He says, Yet you have robbed me, but you say, Wherein have we robbed you? In tithe and offerings. So, Guess what? What we fail to realize is offering, watch this, is a part of the blessing package. He said tithe and? Then he goes on and describes what happens and what blessings happen. So watch this. If he said, let's go back up. Go, go, go back up. Go back up because I want to show you something. Look in verse Eight again, will a man rob God? He says, yeah, you have robbed me, but you say, uh, how have we robbed you? He said, in tithe and offering, you are cursed with the curse. So, watch this. If I'm not giving offering, I'm still under the curse. Oh, so y'all didn't know that, did you? 
What did he say? In tithe and what? Now, I asked the Lord a question. I said, so how do you know, how do I know if I'm giving offering or not? How do I know? He said, when you're not giving none. <laughs> there are people who give their tithe and give no offering. But to, this morning, one of my key factors I want you to see is it's not just tithe or non-tithing that produces the curse, but it's tithe and offering because he said that. Are you with me? Now, I know this is new for you, but it's, it's, it's right here in black and white. Now, it was something interesting that jumped out on me, and then I'm going to give you my two points. If you look in verse 10, he says, Bring all the time to the storehouse that they may meet in my house. Prove me now, hear what says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open. And I thought the word open was interesting. It means to appear, to break forth, to let go free, and to loose and unstop. Remember the, the, the testimony where uh, one lady had her ex-husband owing her money for 12 years? And her, her starting to tithe, it unstopped, it, 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 it made free, it caused something to break forth. That's what the word open means. So now when you're giving your tithe and your offering, you should have a, a justifiable expectation for some things to break free and let go of and let loose and open up and unstop in your life. Amen. Now... This is good. Here's point number one, so I can jump into this. Point number one in our lesson this morning is giving offering is a requirement and not an option. Giving offering is a requirement and not an option. Say this with me. Say, giving offering is a requirement and not an option. Now, another way of saying this is the giving of tithes and offering completes the requirement of blessing. I want you to see tithing and offering as a, an equation that equals blessing. Now, I'm going to need 10 men again. 10 men, if you would, just come on up. Y'all make sure you count before you get up here because I want to show you another illustration. Now, if you're taking notes, the word offering... It means a present, a gift, and a heave offering. So you can actually give, you know, when we give someone a gift, that can be considered an offering. All right? It, uh, when we give someone a present, that can also be looked at as an offering. Now, if not giving of offering was part of the curse, then giving of offering must be part of the blessing. Y'all got that? So, watch this now. Oh, come on up. Come on down. Got my men here. Y'all give my, hand, my men a hand if you would. All right. I am going to give these men $10, which represents a seed that somebody may have given me. All right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten. Now, what is the tithe of ten? How many? One. You don't need a calculator for that. So, 
which one would represent the tithe? The first one that comes out. So we'll just, for the sake of, of uh, being numerical, he's the tithe. But this is where most people stop. They give no offering. If they give no offering, I haven't completed the equation of blessing. Let me read it again because some of you all look very shocked this morning. Watch this. Will a man rob God? Verse 8. Yet you've robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Read it with me. Come on, read it again. Read it again. Notice each one of those words are plural. Tithe has an S on it. Offerings have an S on it. Which means I can't give offering one time and complete the equation. I just want to, I wish I had a camera going this way. But here's what I want you to see. If every time I got paid and this is all I did, I didn't complete the equation. So the window of heaven may open, because I'm going to show you the difference between the tithe and the offering. The window may open, but nothing may not come out. I mean, God will meet my need because I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. But I don't just want to live by my need. I also want to live by some wants. You know, David put it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So now, based on the teaching, what we just read, if offering is in the equation, here's the thing, and I want you to write this down. Here's the thing. This is the difference between the tithe and the offering. Tithing has a percent, while offering does not. In other words, God leaves it up to us. In what type of offering we want to give. Are you with me? So the, is, the difference between tithe and offering is. This is a percent that everybody has to abide by. What percent is that? Ten. Ten. And when do you give it? You give it first. Now I'm still required to give an offering. But he didn't tell me how much. To give. You know why? Because everybody's circumstances are different. Okay? The widow woman gave a mite or two mites, whatever she gave. And, the, and Jesus says she gave more than them all. Why? Because it was the last of what she had. So, let's say I give 50 cents. Step halfway. There you go. I gave a tithe of a dollar. I gave 50 cents. Yeah, let's just do it like this. You fold in half. Good job. Good job. That's 50 cents. Now, to you, that may not sound like a lot, but that's 5% of my tithe. Are you with me? Now, because I've completed this equation, not only is the window open, but blessings are coming out. Watch this. And I'm going to show you that when you give offering, that's when the multiplication process starts. Are you with me? Y'all give my men a big hand if you would. Uh, thank you. 
Thank you. I need my dollars. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, men. God bless you this morning. So we can answer the question to the lesson title this morning, which is, what's the purpose of offering? The purpose of offering is for us to be blessed. Because it's part of the blessing okay, uh, 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 situation. Now, watch this now. The tithe, and I'm about to turn to Exodus 35 like I asked you. The tithe should build and maintain the house of God while the offering should furnish the house of God. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to show it to you in the scripture. The tithe, everybody say the tithe. The tithe should build and maintain the house of God. In other words, it, it should cover, you know, the building. It should cover, you know, people who work in the building. It should cover the electricity. You know, it covers that stuff. But the offering should furnish the house of God. Go to Exodus 35. Let's, let's look in verse 4. It says, And Moses spoke unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord, what? Come on, class. Now, was this a suggestion? This was a commandment. He says, now, listen, I'm about to tell you what the Lord is commanding you to do. He says in verse 5, take from you a what, class? That word offering is the same word offering over there in the book of Malachi. He says, take an offering unto who? Okay, so let me just set you free. The offering is not for the pastor. Okay, let me say it a different way. The offering doesn't come to the pastor. In other words, y'all tithe and hopefully that takes care of things and then y'all give off and I just walk out with a big old check. It doesn't work like that. Now, some of you all may have experienced that. And if you did, God will still bless you for doing the right thing. Can, can, can I give you a secret? God cares about his people to the point where he will discipline the leader on behalf of the people's... Yes, he will. Okay. Moses had an attitude one time. God spoke to him. He says, Moses, here's what I need you to do. Because, see, the people had gotten on Moses' nerve. And so uh, God told Moses, Moses, I want you to go and speak to the rock. Just, just talk to it. Just say, rock, I need you to produce some water. Whatever you're going to say, Moses, I just need you to talk. Moses was upset. So you know what he did? He took his staff and he hit the rock. Boom! What happened? Water still came out. Because God was more concerned about the people being fed than he was about the attitude of Moses. But Moses didn't make it into the promised land because of his attitude. So don't worry about if somebody's doing wrong. Listen, wrong will catch you eventually. The Bible says a man's sin will find him out. Amen. That's why nobody at Word of Truth can steal because I ain't stealing. Oh, no, don't think you're going to come and steal. No, it don't work like that. Because first of all, I'm not going to let you do it. But second of all, God is up there watching. And even if I didn't see you, he will bust you out. See, anytime God has instituted something, he watches over it to make sure it's done right. 
That's why if you are married and you're cheating, you better stop. Because God instituted marriage and he's watching over it. And he's going to make sure with or without the show cheaters that you get found out. Thought I'd just throw that in there. He says in verse 5, take you a month from among you an offering to the Lord. Watch this. Whosoever, and here's the part that you have to make sure is right. Whosoever is of a what kind of heart? A what kind of heart? A willing heart. Let him bring it. A what? An offering. There's that word again. Same word. An offering of the Lord. So basically what he's saying is, even though the Lord is requiring it, he says you need to bring it with a willing heart. Now see, here's why I believe God used the word willing. Here's why I think. Because, see, after he has required the tithe and he leaves it up to us what the offering's going to be, he wants you to, he wants it to make sure it's coming from your heart willingly. Why? Because how you give it out is how you get it back. Give and it shall be given unto you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men. That's a law. So if you give it, With an attitude, that's the way you get it back. If you give it with delay, if God has put somebody on your heart for you to do something for them, and you take 20 months to do it, maybe your blessing is held up by 20 months because you're holding up somebody else's. Amen. Watch this. He's very specific now in what he wants. He says the Lord, he wants gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair. And he goes through all this stuff that, that's going on. And then in verse 10 it says, And every wise-hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord had commanded. Watch what he says. Now this is what the offering is going to do. The tabernacle, his tent. The coverings, his tatches, I don't know what that is, and his boards and the bars and the pillars and the sockets, the ark, the staves, the mercy seat, the veil of the covering, the table and the staves and all the vessels and the showbread, the candlesticks uh, uh, for the light and, and its furniture. See, see, do you notice the offering is taking care of the contents within? Amen. And so... That's what's going to help us furnish our church. I mean, how would you like to go in our new building and you got to stand up for the whole service because there ain't no chairs? <laughs> or how would you like to go and we have chairs, but then there's no water fountain for water? Amen. Nobody would want to do that. Look in verse 29. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. What kind of offering? A willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman, here we go again, whose heart made them what? Willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses. Now, go to uh, Exodus 36, verse 3, because I want to point out uh, something about 
offering again. Exodus 36, look in verse 3. Exodus 36, 3. You should just be able to turn a page. Look in verse 3. And they received, this is the conclusion of what they did. And they received of Moses all the offering, there's a word, which the children of Israel had brought, watch this, for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought it yet unto him free offerings every morning. In other words, my point was the offering was used. Now, there are different types of offerings. I'm, you know, so don't just look at it as it's supposed to just furnish the, 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 the church building. Because offerings should be given to the poor, the widow woman, even the man of God. So there are different types of offerings. Don't get caught up with that. I'm just trying to get you to see that, that the offering is not a suggestion, but it's part of the equation for our blessing. Now, I'll never forget because, see, you, some people look at it and go, well, I'm just going to give up my time. Well, that's all you're going to get back. I had, uh, everybody said years ago. I had, you know, I had a car. My parents gave me uh, uh, a car when I was in 11th grade, I think, 10th or 11th grade. And uh, it was a 74 Chevy Nova. And uh, me and that Nova had a good time. And so, you know, I went to college. And back in the day, you know, everybody didn't have vehicles. So I was one of the few that, that had a car, you know, and so I, I vowed on the inside to help people if they needed. And it was one particular lady named Ms. Norris that was an older lady and an older student. Now, I'm saying older because I'm probably her age now, back then. In other words, you know, back then I was 19, 20, whatever it was, and, you know, she was 45, 50 in school, all right? And Ms. Norris didn't have a car. And uh, she walked everywhere she went. So I told her one day, I said, Ms. Norris, anytime you need to go grocery shopping, let me know. And I'll take you. So one day, I'm laying in the bed, chilling, because, you know, class, I'm finished with class, I'm tired, I'm through with studying, and, and I'm just chilling, and the phone rings in my dorm room. And my roommate answers the phone, and it's Ms. Norris. And she says, is Evan there? Craig says, Yes. She said, uh, can I talk to him? And he said, I'm in the bed now. He says, hey, uh, Ms. Marsh want to talk to you. I say, find out what she want. I didn't want to get up. She, she told him, uh, I would like for him to take me grocery shopping. And so I said, okay. He, you know, he relayed the message. She want to go grocery shopping. I said, well, tell her I'll be there. And so he hangs up the phone and I stay in the bed. And he's looking at me because he's confused. I just told her I would be there, but I'm still in the bed. So he asked me, he says, uh, why are you still in the bed? You told Ms. Norris you was going to take her grocery shopping. I said, I'm still in the bed because I got to make myself willing. In other words, the Bible says that you can give your body to be burned. You can give all the food to the poor. But if you don't do it with some love, it profits you nothing. So me taking Miss Norris to the grocery store with a bad attitude would have profited her, but it wouldn't have profited me. So I stayed in that bed until I became willing. Well, you said, well, Pastor, how did you become willing? You got control of your will. I mean, you can control whether you cuss somebody out or not. That is completely under your control. So I, I laid in my bed. I said, Father, you said when I give, it shall be given unto me. 
And Father, I'm giving at a time that I'm tired. I'm giving in a time that I don't want to get up. I'm giving of a time. I'm sacrificing my sleep. I need you to help my heart. And just through talking, all of a sudden, you know, because faith without is what? I didn't wait until I felt like taking Ms. Norris to the store. Because, see, that's some of us. I, I, I didn't feel like it, so I don't think it was the Lord. No, no, no. Your feelings will catch up with your actions. So after I had declared myself willing, I got up out of the bed. And as I was going, see, the lepers were cleansed, not right there. They were cleansed as they went. Listen, listen, when the man came to Jesus and said, hey, my son is dying. He said, come to my house. He said, I'm coming. He said, no, 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 just speak the word. Listen, the Bible says that as he went, his son was healed. So sometimes you just got to get up and start walking and whatever you need on the way will come. Which leads me to point number two as we close. And that is, offerings require a willing heart. Now go back to Exodus. We're going to look in verse 25. Oh, chapter 25. Exodus 25. Look in verse 1. Exodus 25. Look in verse 1. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me a what class? There's that word again. An offering. Of Every man that gives it, how? Which means that you can give it unwillingly. He said, give it willingly with his what? With his what? I mean, you don't want, do you want, when you're married, you want your spouse to serve you from their heart. I know I'm almost 50, so all the songs that I have are back in the day. But there was this song that says, if you're, you old. But the song said, if your heart wasn't in it, why didn't you tell me so? And God is saying, when you give offering, listen, it's a requirement, but I'm going to leave it up to you and what you do. But even when you do it, I need your heart to be in it. Somebody say Amen. Exodus 35, 5, just write it down. It says, take you from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of the Lord. And he begins to describe it. Now, I'm going to close with this right here. You've heard this before, but some of you all need this. The first time my wife and I had ever given an offering over $100 was when we were in a time of need in our life. We went to church service. It was one of those extra church services, you know, like uh, uh, I think it was an evening service. Yeah, it was an evening service. And uh, my wife and I, we were in the process of buying our first house. And so you know how the first purchase goes, you know. You kind of strain and get up all the down payment and the whole nine. And we were short, you know. We, 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 but, but, our, but our next paycheck was going to give us everything we needed, right? So we're in this service, and it happens to be a lady evangelist, and she preaching, and then she got done. She was like, you know, I feel that there's, the Lord wants me to take up a special offering, and uh, uh, some of you all need to give $1,000. And I was like, I ain't giving you no $1,000. 
Notice I said I ain't giving you no thousand. I ain't giving you no thousand dollars. Now who is the offering unto? I ain't giving you no thousand dollars. And then she got down to five hundred. There are some of y'all in here that need to give five hundred dollars. I said I ain't giving you no five hundred dollars. Because I said to myself, I need to buy a house. And we were supposed to close in like seven days. So I was like, no, she's not getting 500 I was waiting for her to come into my comfort zone. My comfort zone was Benjamin, one of them. So she gets down to 500 Then all of a sudden, you know, the, the stage had steps in the front. This lady started coming down the steps and walking up on me. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on right now. And you know how stuff starts blurring out on you? And then I'll turn slow motion. And I was saying to myself, this lady is coming toward me. What in the world does she want? And she comes up to me. This is not a lie. This is a true story. She says, man of God, she ain't talked to my wife. Because my, my wife would have been like, give them everything. Give it all. I was like, she said, man of God, if you would just give that $500, the Lord would bless you. And I'm thinking of the Lord who? The Lord of the rings? I mean, <laughs> I mean, the Lord that I know knows I got to buy a house in seven days. If I give you this $500, i am going to be short. No, y'all, I'm, I'm serious. I, this is all happening in here, right? So I'm thinking, I'm going to be short if I give her that five, give $500,000. And I sat there, and, and, and the Lord just gently said, Evan, sow the $500. Okay. I looked at my wife to see if she was in agreement. I was hoping she was not. This was one of the first times I was hoping she was not in agreement with me. And she was... So the lady said, write everything down on the envelope what you want God to do. And at that time, you know, we were, my wife wanted this expensive, you know, refrigerator. This is when, you know, it was doing the ice cubes and all this kind of stuff. I was like, look, all we need is an ice box. <laughs> you know, back in the day, they didn't call them refrigerators. They called it, y'all, oh, boy, we got the old crowd this morning. It was an ice box. So I was like, we're not getting no, that refrigerator. We're getting an ice box. And she told us to write everything down. Of course, the refrigerator was on the envelope. And I filled out the envelope as, as much as I could because I was trembling and shaking because I ain't never wrote no check that big in my life. As soon as I gave it, two days go by, and the mortgage company calls me and say, uh, there was a school loan that, that you need to pay off. And you can't close on your house until you do. What a school loan was, I think, $1,800. That's what it was. It was $1,800. And I said to myself, Doggone it, I'm, I'm, I'm short even more. But then I realized this was an opportunity for my faith to work. Because God already knew I was going to come up short. So even if I hadn't negated 500, I still would have had to pay that school loan off. And so I got in faith. I said, Lord, you said give and it shall be given unto you. Unto me. Good man, fresh down, shake me I mean, I got my attitude together. Long story short, somebody had hit my car. Uh, I was driving a 190E Mercedes then, you know, one, that was, they were valet parking in, and so the valet guy hit it, so the hotel wrote me a check, and uh, they wrote the check to me. 
Okay, that's odd. They normally, you know, do it through the insurance. No, they just wrote me a check. It had my name on it. And it was just enough for us to close on the house. But, but wait, 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 wait. that's not the miracle, though. The miracle came a day. And when I say a day, a day afterwards, the phone rang. We done closed on the house and everything. Phone rang. We in our little apartment, just me and her. Heaven ain't here yet. Landon ain't here yet. And it was like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, something like that. And I wasn't getting up to answer no phone. She gets up and answered the phone. And it was her uncle. And her uncle said, hey, I've been trying to get in touch with you. Your mom, when she died, left all the kids some money. And he left you some money. And she was like, well, how much was it? Because he asked for, our, you know, five, what was you call it, routing number and all that stuff. And it was $20,000. Now, now you can clap on that one. But had I not stretched and been obedient, because see, sometimes God, he might ask you, see, that's why during this time, when it's our giving Sunday, I'm asking you to ask the Lord. That's what I'm doing. Because whatever the Lord tells you is going to help meet the need of what we have. The, the key is us obeying the Lord. Did you get something out of today's lesson? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you would. Every head bow and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, I want to still give a challenge.